Greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I am your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with Diego Ornelas Tapia. Now, uh, Diego has written a book called To Tame a Dame. It's uh, a, an historical novel set in Los Angeles, and I would definitely call it noir. But as you're going to discover in our conversation, it's also a little bit more than that. Uh, so we will get to that momentarily. Uh, but first, I want to let you know that a Wrong Place, a Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it down at the grittier and darker end of the spectrum. If you dig that, you can learn more at their website, downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. Now, as I am recording this here in Central Oregon, it is windy as all get out, a little stormy even, uh, so big change from last week's recording session. Uh, you may even hear uh, wind chimes in the background. I don't know how good this filter is, so we'll see. Okay, like I said, uh, Diego's written a uh, noir book called To Tame a Dame. Let's find out more about that and uh, the larger universe that it is part of. Well, greetings, Diego, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Frank. Big fan of the show. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, that's wonderful to hear. The book we're here to talk about is uh, a kind of interesting one. Uh, it's called To Tame a Dame, mm -hmm. which is uh, a nice rhyme. Um, but you set it in, uh, in Los Angeles, which isn't exactly unique, but the unique part is in 1928 Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. now you were born in 1994, so <laughs> obviously you're not writing from personal experience here. What, why did yeah. you choose to, uh, to set this in, in 1928? Was it to get at the, the noir of it? Uh, or was there another reason? Well, here's the thing. The Tame Dame is part of a bigger book I'm working on, which is called Void. And just to quickly sum that up, it's Void is a story of a man enduring three trials through space and time. And these three trials can be seen as their own separate story in their own separate genre. The second trial is set in the world of the Tame and Dame, Tame 1928, but it's set in 1945. And that trial definitely has a lot of noir and crime elements. I even play around with like the vigilante trope. I, I created a character who's like a bit of like Daredevil and the Punisher. And really, so I love this world. You know, the, the, I, I did, there's a lot of characters, there's a lot of subplots, but the focus is on, on it's the void has two main characters, Perseus and Idris. So I couldn't really um, explore the criminal underworld of, of this world. So I wanted to do that, specifically two characters that are that are the main characters in, in Tatema Dame. And bes besides that, I, I mean, I, I love the world roaring 20s. I love you know, the just the feel of it. And I don't feel like it's uh, it's there's not that many shows or movies or even books that are really set in that world. There's definitely a lot of and that's that are set maybe in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, but not the 1920s. And I wanted to really explore that, you know, just all the, the flapper community, alcohol, the prohibition. That's really, really exciting. And I just I just wanted to explore that part. Uh, so just so I understand, so uh, essentially the parent universe is is mm -hmm. void, uh, mm -hmm. and and to Dame a Dame takes place within that universe, and one of the sure. one of the trials uh, in the main book takes place later in the same timeline uh, mm -hmm. as to Tame a Dame. Did I did I follow you correctly? Yes, sir. That's uh, exactly okay. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean that that really highlights one of the things that you you you've 
talked about before in interviews and and even on your website is that you like to blend multiple genres. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned a couple here already within crime fiction. You know, the vigilante, the mm-hmm. the uh, detective noir, um, and and so forth. But you're not blending subgenres. You're blending actual genres. I mean, science fiction and and, and crime fiction, for instance. What led you to do that? Uh, just uh, didn't, didn't want to play by the rules, or what was it? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So, I mean, first of all, for, uh, Void, I, can, I like to see it like as a, you know, Quentin Tarantino's film, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he, I think he said himself that it's, uh, it's a love letter to Hollywood, you know? And I can see Void as both. It's a love letter to just all the genres I love. Now, not just in books, you know, I don't, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a bookworm. I have bookworm phases that go, you know, last every three years I have them. I last one I had was back in 2017 hasn't have been struck, but I love video games. I love TV shows. I love uh, just everything. I'm a fan of everything. And so I would say, yeah, I said it was a love both love letter. And it's also uh, a way to say just like a big screw you to like anyone who um, tells me otherwise, like, Oh, if you, you, if you want to be a successful author, you have to stick with just crime fiction, science fiction, fantasy fiction. I didn't want to do that. And, and it's just so it's just it's both of those reasons it's just and it's because i'm just such a fan of everything you know like i mean look at marvel marvel is it's the most successful movies out there and they blend so many so many genres you've got like a spy espionage like winter soldier and you've got like you know, a science fiction epic like guardians of the galaxy you know you've got everything and it's just i'm such a fan of everything so that's that's why really that's, that's all uh, however, in, in to Tame a Dame, you do stick uh, pretty closely to the singular overall genre anyway, mm-hmm. even if you're mm-hmm. kind of jumping through the subgenres a little bit. Um, let's focus on that for just a second. What 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 is to Tame a Dame about? I mean, obviously, it has that immediate femme fatale reference in the title there um, <laughs> and very, very noirish. But what's the book about? OK, so it follows Adam Bosch. Adam Bosch is 28 years old. He's a millionaire and he made his fortune kind of like Henry Ford. He, you know, he designed the Ford Mobile. Adam Bosch designed the Bosch Mobile, which is supposed to be the hottest, fastest, just most badass car of the time. But I wouldn't see Adam Bosch as like comparing to like Elon Musk. Elon Musk is like a technical genius. I would compare Adam Bosch to more like Steve Jobs. Adam is an idea guy, a business guy. So he had the idea, hey, I want to make the fastest car possible. And so he ended up like uh, a gather- seeking out the, the most intelligent people to make that idea possible. And so he's also a womanizer. He loves him some some, some casual relationships and and anyway, uh, and he ru- he runs into a woman who maybe he should have thought twice about Ising. <laughs> exactly, you know he, he's been he, so the, the book opens up with him at a at a speakeasy called Nadia's. He's 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 at this speakeasy because he he he, he he's been obsessed with this Russian singer he heard about, and then um, he's warned by a friend he meets at that speakeasy, Dickie Rohan, that hey, you know she's she's dangerous. She actually. She owns this speakeasy. She's a big player in the criminal underworld. You should be careful. And, you know, of course, Adam doesn't, he doesn't really, instead of like heeding that one, instead of running away, running for the hills, he's like, oh my God, I want her all the more. And the whole, the whole story book is basically him just falling deeper and deeper into a rabbit hole. And he's definitely not, and 
he, he's a womanizer. He's able to, he's like Don Draper a bit from Mad Men. He can get any woman he wants. He knows what to say. He knows what to, just how to get them in bed, really, just to be blunt about it. Because that's the type of guy he is. But with Antoinette, he's not the leader. He, he's, he's, <laughs> I don't want to say he's a bitch, but, uh, you know, he's just, he's at the full mercy of Antonia. And again, he, the deeper he has he heads into the rabbit hole, the more dangerous it becomes. And, and anyway, besides that, the world of the has a lot of like, it, it can be seen as an ensemble as well. There's a lot of, you know, juicy and crazy and violent characters in in the world, like kind of like Gotham city, lots of corruption. All the characters are constantly trying to outfox one another. Yeah. So it sounds like you took uh, somebody and and uh, essentially stripped away all of what they were used to and all of what mm-hmm. has ma- made mm-hmm. up their their strengths to that point and left yeah. them a little bit exposed and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, there's a, a book trailer on your site that that somewhat I think depicts the beginning uh, of that uh, scene with uh, with someone I assume is is an actor portraying Adam and then his friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a very well produced trailer, mm-hmm. uh, especially for mm-hmm. a live for a live action trailer. Did you create that? Did you have anything to do with that, or did you uh, just uh, contract for it? Oh, definitely contract. I have no skills. I'm just I'm a total writer. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, no video skills whatsoever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I hired the the company that made it is called Film Fourteen. It took me a while to find the right production company. Um, but Film Fourteen, they're definitely one of the biggest just production book trailer companies in LA. And, you know, I, I liked their website and they got to me promptly and it's just, it was an overall very, I liked the experience and, and yeah. And, and I was impressed by the, the book trailer. It was, it was fancy. That's exactly what I needed. Book trailers have a, have a, a bad reputation of being just gross and cheap. And, you know, I, I didn't want to do that just with my, like with my, my book cover, I wanted to invest in something beautiful and they did just that. And I'm, I'm happy with it. Now you mentioned um, in in some of your uh, media materials um, that you're a big admirer of uh, uh, G.R. Martin's Song of Ice mm-hmm. and Fire series, mm-hmm. um, and then you said something I thought was pretty interesting was uh, one of I think the greatest games on uh, video games, and at least from a storytelling standpoint, and that is The Last of Us. Um, you're a big fan of that. You enjoyed it. Oh yeah, love the relationship between Joel and Ellie. Everyone did, which is why, of course, the second one let, uh, made made a few people angry. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't I won't go into any spoilers, but let's just say that uh, what people wanted was not what they got, and pretty quickly that became the case. And then there were other things that they got mad about as well. Um, but you you wrote that you were kind of in that group of folks that if you were the author uh, or the writer of that project, you would have given the audience more of what they were looking for. Did I read that correctly? Well, you know, I mean, since I wrote that article, I mean, you know, I, I, I've had time to like, you know, heal just like Ellie <laughs> after <laughs> what went down in the second one. Um, so my, my, my opinions have changed a little bit. I can respect the second one. I, I even, even when I was emotional and, 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 and whatnot from the, the controversial scene in the second one, I still respect it. I still love the uh, the second one. But um, you know, yeah, in, in the article, I said that I would um, kind of give fans what they want, which is more of that relationship between Joel and Ellie. But see, I'm kind of more sadistic. I can I think uh, blame George R. R. Martin for that. You know, he loves to kill kill his characters. So I, I would give them what they want. But eventually, you know, I, I kind of like compare it to me 
tucking in a little kid, you know, my, my own child, if I have one, I do have one and like give them cookies, make them feel good. And then like, just like, I don't know, throw the milk on their face. So that means I would kill off a, a, a character and, and just break their heart, tear their heart out of their chest. So that, that's how I would have handled it. Yeah, I, I'm glad to hear you say that. Not that I like the heart tearing bit. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> not, not, not <laughs> although I can't, I, I'd be hypocritical to be criticizing it. I, I, I have, have a penchant for that in my own work. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, it did seem a little um, inconsistent with your desire to not give people what they're expecting and to push back against it. And so I was a little surprised to read that. I'm glad to hear yeah. you've kind of be, become more consistent again in, in, in your thinking there. <laughs> the the other thing that struck me about some of your comments um, that was interesting was you uh, said you saw a film poster for the Dark Tower film mm -hmm. with Matthew mm -hmm. McConaughey and Idris Elba, which mm -hmm. um, which is I mean as long as we're talking controversy that was you know not well received by Dark, Dark Tower fans although nobody mm -hmm. really denies that both of those actors did a fantastic job. And, but you weren't really familiar with the film or the series or, or anything, um, yet it somehow inspired you, uh, at least partially, where it comes to your own uh, project, uh, uh, The Void. Mm -hmm. So what was it about that that poster that, that spoke to you? I, I really don't know. I just, you know, I remember the poster had Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. They're all dressed in like black coats, kind of like Matrix coats and whatnot. And... I, I really don't know. I just, I just, ultimately, I see, I saw like a story about dark and light and it just made me think Idris. So, so first and foremost, you know, I knew nothing about the dark tower. I knew none the film or the books. So that, that because of this, it allowed me to really let my mind wander. So I'm thinking, I'm looking at these two, Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey, I'm thinking, okay, well, they look like they're going to go off on some epic adventure. Why? Well, I think uh, Idris just lost his wife in a very brutal and tragic way. So he's going through this epic adventure to try and bring her back from the dead. And pretty much that laid the whole groundwork for the void, for, for void, the, the book that, yeah, I'm working on now. I, I don't know why it left such an impact on me, but it did. And I do have interest. I don't, I don't want to see the film. I know I did pretty bad, but I heard, I've heard really, really good things about the book and that will be my first Stephen King book that I read. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. It's a great series. Actually. It's got the, mm -hmm. uh, it's got one of the best first lines of any book ever, but it is also a, uh, you know, knuckle down and stick through it because it's not always easy sort of a series. It's interesting mm -hmm. though, that, that, uh, you know, a movie poster that you know, you're unfamiliar with could, could have that much of an impact and really set your mind mm -hmm. going off. I think that's, I think that's the cool thing about art, yeah, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you never know when a good idea is going to come. And that's, that's, that's beautiful, man. You know? Yeah, or where, or where it's going to come exactly, from. I mean, that's exactly, exactly. And, and sometimes mm -hmm. it comes fully formed or mostly fully formed. Sometimes it's just a fragment. Mm -hmm. um, so in addition to uh, writing Void and working on that, you've got a podcast now. Yes, sir. What, what's it called? So the, the podcast is called Adventures in Dreaming Podcast. And since you know I've already talked about it, I like to... I don't like to restrict myself to doing one thing. There's many layers to my podcast. The, fir the first uh, layer is that I, I talk about my books. So with, with Tatama Dame, I broke down pretty much everything. The first episode talks about just what we talked about right now, uh, the story and my writing style. I use present tense. And then I, I talk about the, 
minor characters, secondary characters, main characters, break down their personality, break down their part in the book, and some character comparisons or character inspirations that helped me well, create them. And then there's this, a second part of my podcast. It's called Stream of Consciousness Episodes, where it's just me. Um, it's, I, I like to see it as just me. It's a verbal journal entry that focuses on one or two topics. Um, two of my favorite episodes were um, one was just it's called the importance of traveling, which is just states that that the traveling is so important because it just makes you a kinder and more understanding individual. And for, for a writer, that's very important to do that because it can help you grow. I, I think um, the best way you can read books, you can listen to po um, podcasts to become a better writer. But I think the best way to grow as a writer is to really travel. And like, for example, if I want to write the best fight scene I can, I, I, the best way to do that is to actually learn how to fight, to learn how it feels to to get punched in the face and to punch someone else, and and how exhausting that is. It, it's exhausting to fight, you know. And so, and then an another aspect of my podcast that I haven't done yet, but I do want to do, is interviews. And really, the, 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 I want to focus on give give the spotlight to to um, people like like my dad. My dad, he he's had a hell of a story. He came from Mexico. He you know, he came here just washing dishes and he, he's built an empire now. He has his own cleaning company and he's given so many dozens and dozens of people jobs. And my dad has a big heart. You know, he's not like a greedy CEO. He, he treats his he doesn't see his employees as employees. He sees them as family and he treats, treats his family well. He pays them well. He wants them to do well. And so I, I want to interview people like my dad and give them a spotlight. And so that, that's that's not going to happen for quite a while. I need to work on that. I need to unfortunately, unfortunately need to uh, work on my video editing skills. We'll learn that. But yeah, that's that's what Venture Sim Dreamer podcast is. It's all about. Well, it's much like your other work. It, it jumps mm -hmm. across the genres, like you said. It's an it's an interesting melding of two different ideas. So you're working on Void, and and that has three main parts to it, uh, three trials. Uh, when do you anticipate that being out in the world? Well, I'm not sure. I can't give an exact. Well, maybe 2023 to be realistic. I'm still seeking out an agent, and who knows how that will take. And so 2023, uh, that's I think that's when it will finally be out. And I do try. I want. I it will be published by a, a big pub. You know, big, one of the big five publishers. That's my goal. Well, meanwhile, if people want to get want to get a taste of, uh, of of your style and they want to get a taste of what you're about, to tame a dame is available now, uh, folks. The author is Diego Ornelas Tapia, and uh, Diego, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Frank. All right, there you are, folks. Diego Ornelas Tapia and uh, to tame a dame very ambitious uh, work and uh, wish him well on it it's uh, always interesting when someone uh, comes at the genre in a different way uh, next week on wrong place right crime we are not going to leave los angeles as our guest will be adam bregman and uh, his book angelino heights uh, so if you are uh, a fan of the city of angels well guess what you're going to get some more uh, i love la time Frank Zafiro update for you. We are in the midst of a Charlie 316 promo. So the first book in that series, Charlie 316, is free. And the remainder of the series uh, are 99 cents each. Now that is true today when this drops on the 27th of October. 
2021, and it will be true through the 29th. So if you hear this anytime near where it drops, you can take advantage of uh, that deal. Uh, if not, they're always a very reasonably priced anyway. Uh, this is one of my favorite series that I've written, some of my best work. Co-wrote it with uh, Colin Conway, and uh, this uh, four-book arc, uh, we sometimes refer to it as the Tyler Garrett saga because it does complete uh, the arc of that character and uh, a lot of other people who are drawn into those events that occur in chapter one of the first book. Uh, and the other piece of news I have for you is that uh, River City number seven, a dirty little town, will be out on November 18th. This is uh, the seventh book in the series, and uh, a whole lot is going wrong in River City. I'll let you read about it if you're interested. Uh, you can find more on my website, franksafiro.com, uh, and you can pre-order this book now. All right, I want to say a thank you to Diego for coming on the show down out books for sponsoring and you of course the listener for being here hey do me a favor hit the like and subscribe button uh, tell your friends do whatever it is you feel comfortable doing to help promote the show uh, i'm here to promote the authors uh, that come on the show if you find one of them interesting please spread the word try out their work uh, leave reviews reviews help a ton and uh, we'll, we'll be in this together you and i uh, so next episode adam bregman until then this is Frank Zaffaro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime.